I'm Phil Corbett, and I make a podcast called Van Sounds, which is officially the 49th most popular travel podcast in Nigeria. From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Joey Lovato. And Joey, we have a special guest with us today. Another special guest? I think the specialist of guests. The specialist, the guest Thank specialist. <laughs> Phil Corbett joins us in the studio today. Phil, Phil, welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, yeah. Phil, you are a fellow podcaster. I am, and you are also. Uh, I always introduce you as my mentor, my my uh, my podcast mentor, the guy that got me into it. That's and, excellent. And Phil is also connected to this podcast because at the beginning and end of every one of our podcasts you hear phil's band oh my People god with bodies <laughs> i totally yeah that's yeah. right so that that snare hit where they say like you know residual culture <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. That, that snare hit is me I nice. so, yeah. i'm the phil, drummer phil actually starts off every one of our podcasts yes phil yep. you 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 cap off every podcast beginning yep. and end it yep. and here i am well he, I, I think he is the alpha and the omega yeah, to our podcast your, your singer kent <laughs> sings us out i think but yeah, yeah you're drumming yeah. in the background so definitely something about optimism and pessimism <laughs> oh i'm sorry <laughs> but yeah so uh, we're talking about westerns today though uh and we're having phil on because phil is kind of a you, would you say you're an expert in western movies Expert is probably not the right word, but you, fan of. You're a f- an expert fan? Uh, no, I'm not expert <laughs> at really anything. That's so. okay. I think uh, we did this, was that last week or something? We're like, wait, casual es- expert? Yeah. Kind of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so we're going to talk about Westerns. Um, I just like, let's just start off. What's your favorite Western movie? Ooh. My favorite Western is also my favorite movie in general. Okay. Um, which is why I'm qualified to be on this episode. Um, <laughs> and that is Dead Man by Jim Jarmusch. And that's starring Johnny Depp, right? Correct. The only reason I know that is because you told me back in the day. Yeah, starring Johnny Depp and Gary Farmer. Okay. And Why uh, is it your favorite? Um, soundtrack, original soundtrack, all instrumental by Mr. Neil Young. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, and wow. he, that's a cool whole story where he like yep. apparently just sat down, watched the movie, with an electric guitar and just played it. That's super cool. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Lots of cool things about Dead Man. It's a great choice, actually. So I watched this a while ago, mm-hmm. and then you mentioned it before we started recording, like yesterday, and I was like, oh, I've seen it, and I re- realized I don't remember anything other than like that it's black and white. But like, because I watched it my freshman year of college. Yeah. <laughs> Iggy Pop makes yep. a cameo yeah. in the movie as well. Yep. So, Wearing a dress and then, yeah. well, I don't know if I should give away who what else, happens. Yeah, who else? There's other cameos, though, in here, too. Uh, Billy like. Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's um, right. Yeah, other people, yeah. too, and I don't yeah. remember who else. But. So why, do you, why is this one your favorite? That's a good question. Um, I usually avoid saying I have a favorite of anything. Yeah. Um, like, I don't really have a favorite band or a favorite album, but there is something about this movie that just hits every single note for me where mm-hmm. it is artsy enough and, like, compelling mm-hmm. enough and plays with the genre enough to make it interesting and not stagnant. However, it does exist within a genre that I love, and then it also has enough, like, movement and constant new compelling like scenes that are always happening. Like okay. there's not there's not a point where I get bored even though there are parts where it's slow. Okay. 
Can I get um, perhaps needlessly intellectual about Dead Man for a second? Yeah, yes. do it. So Dead Man, uh, as a matter of fact, yes, by Jim Jarmusch. Um, I love this movie. I still love this movie as well. And I actually did a, uh, a project on this when I took a summer class um, back in Wisconsin uh, on American Indians in film. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind that is we were learning like the aesthetic. We watched all these sort of like really bad representations of like how uh, Native people are portrayed in film. But then uh, the class was taught by a Native woman, uh, Rosemary Christensen. And um, she had kind of introduced us to this different way of like that like Native filmmakers make film and how they tell stories and their conceptions of time and that sort of stuff. And Dead Man is actually was was made in pretty close uh, consultation with native tribes in the Pacific Northwest, correct? Yeah, correct. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so the like the imagery towards the end of the movie where they come across like a kind of a fortress, like this like walled in town, um, apparently all of that, um, like all of the art, all of the native like set pieces were designed based on real things yes. and real art. And uh, also the way that the movie is told, like Phil was saying, is it, it's almost like a, a collection of stanzas. Like it, So it just mm-hmm. like kind of fades in from black and then fades out. And then you get like the beginning of the next stanza. And so there's not really like this, this, uh, like this uh, kind of timeline that's linear, but rather it's circular and it's, you have to take it as a whole, you know, at the end of, it, at the, end of the whole thing. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. I remember like when I watched it, I was... I was like again, I was a freshman in college, and I was probably not paying that close of attention. And like I remember, I was just like, "This is confusing," but I kind of like what it's doing. It's really artsy, but uh, and you remember the the tagline, the stupid, stupid white man. Oh yeah, stupid effing white man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's and your that's, favorite western. Yeah, it is. And that that line, I will say too, kind of in that same vein, is delivered by Gary Farmer, who's mm-hmm. one of the main characters. And he's been in a lot of really excellent films and like native written films, yeah. um, like Smoke Signals, which is a really big one. And then one I saw recently called Winter in the Blood. Have you hmm. seen that one? I have not seen this. It was on Netflix as of like a year or two ago, and I highly recommend it. It is, however, very crushing. Okay. But it also has a similar time, like... I don't know. It has a similar approach to time where it's slow and just like okay. it doesn't have that like very classic beginning, middle, climax, end. Like it's like more of a build and like kind of climaxes and drops. Like it does really interesting things with time. Hmm. Okay. So, Ben, what is your favorite Western? That's interesting. Uh, my favorite Western, uh, I believe, has changed. There was a time I would, you know, but... <sighs> I'll, okay, fine. I'll just say it. Uh, I think <laughs> Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Sergio Leone. Spaghetti um, Western. It's a great epic sort of film. Uh, very, you know, I just think it's also like a masterpiece of filmmaking in general. Sure, yeah. It's like compelling mm-hmm. story. It's sort of classic, you know, uh, Western, but, you know, Italian. So we would say, you know, Spaghetti Western. Um, and, yeah, I just really like that film. In fact, I, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before but it has it's opening shot it's, it's like opening, 15 minutes right it's like 15 or 20 minutes and there's no talking dialogue yeah. and yet there's so there's no dialogue but this came up in the tarantino episode when we talked right. about the you know the 45 minute intro to the, the hateful eight which that's right which we don't I think s- is a very good movie i still haven't seen it you, you haven't seen still it haven't. i don't think it's a very good movie yeah i would agree with that 
Yeah. We can get into that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that that whole scene just like sets the tone, right? And it's it and it, I think it does an excellent job at like building tension the whole time mm-hmm. without any dialogue. Yeah. And it's so like water dripping, a right? Fly, oh, yeah. just like landing, and then like way off in the distance, this really long shot, you see like the smoke from a train approaching. It's like okay, well, like what's what's gonna happen? You know, because there's like these guys waiting in a train station for this train, and you don't really know why. And then I don't I don't I don't know if I want to. It's it, I'm gonna ruin it anyways. So anyways, <laughs> it it like people get off the train. These guys are like okay, apparently who whoever we're looking for is not here. So they turn around and they're starting to walk towards the camera. And then there's behind them this guy with his back facing this way, and he starts to play the harmonica, and this sort of melody comes in. And it's uh, uh, it's Charles Bronson, right? I believe mm-hmm. it's Charles Bronson. And there's this like showdown, and it's so it's so cool. Wah, Love it. Wah, wah. Yeah. Oh, and then I, I think like one of my favorite things in like all westerns is the music. But like, any it, and is it any Ennio Morricone? Morricone yep. Yep. is oh god, his music is so good. It's just like Amazing. it's so powerful. Absolutely. And so I think that that really helps. I think and like even if he is not the one um, composing the music, I think every western that I've ever seen takes takes hints from him in their music. Oh, absolutely. Like there's yeah. no way that you can't you can do a western without that like classical western style music, right? Yeah. And it's all based off of him. Well, and there was a time that I would have also said um you know, like the Man with No Name trilogy, right? Okay. So Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more and then The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Mm-hmm. That I yeah. was actually I would say that uh for a few dollars more was my favorite of the trilogy. Um but you know, I've I've since changed, so that's why I, I would have gone that way. But I've gone with Once Upon a Time now. So. And did Morricone do Once Upon a Time in the West's yes. soundtrack? Yeah, yes, yeah. that's what yeah. I thought. Absolutely. And the good, yep. the bad, the ugly. Yep, yep. So. He did all that too. Yeah, yep. and um, then also Once Upon a Time in America, huh, I've which never, was I've not seen uh, that. De Niro seen that and um, oh gosh, it's been a while. But it's another one of these epics, and but it's just in the American context. It's like more kind of like huh. New York in the nineteen. Uh, I'm gonna like 20s or so okay something like that yeah so i i kind of have like a i really like westerns but i haven't seen that many actually to be completely honest um and so like a lot of the ones i like are more modern um and if i'm allowed to do a tv show i would say i would i would genuinely say uh firefly is like my favorite western if you would consider it one because i think it really is I think I mean it falls under like space western or sci-fi western, which I which... think is a, a subgenre of western. Exactly. Yeah. But if I had to go with a movie, um, I really like Django as a western, like a like mm. a modern western. Okay. Um, yeah. And I also like both of the True Grids, both cool. the old one okay. and and um, the Coen Brothers newer one. So, what do you think? Like, how do you feel about the difference between those two? So they're they are they're like totally different, right? I feel like Django is like totally like not your non traditional western, right? It's it's a Tarantino film before it's a western, mm-hmm. um, and like while Tarantino does a lot of westerns, I think that it's it definitely doesn't follow the same tropes that most westerns do. While it definitely s- stays in that setting, compared to True Grit, both the old one and the new one, which are just like this is like your like typical like western through and through, like old man like taking care of the girl is um and so yeah i I guess that's the like it's just kind of the feeling that you have you have the shots that are made and then also just kind of the themes again like the themes that tarantino has where he i mean he has like kanye west songs in his western movie which is not a typical thing right and there's also western music in django but it's it's kind of it's more tarantino film first but i like the setting i like what they do with it um also um is it unforgiven 
with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, I the 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 shootout in that movie, sure, is like the best shootout ever. And it's like I the rest of the movie is fine, but the shootout is I think like perfectly exemplifies like what a shootout would be like if it really happened in the West. Because like he goes in and like shoots a dude, and like all these guys are like panicking and like as they're pulling their guns out of their holsters, like they're firing because like I feel like that's like what would actually happen, right? It's 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 chaos. It's it's not choreographed well, or it is choreographed well, like. From an acting standpoint, but like it's not, it doesn't feel choreographed, right? It's just a mm-hmm. mess, and um, so I think that's a really fun, fun one as well. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Westerns aren't something that I, I, I love. I gravitate towards them. I find them really interesting, but I just, I don't know for whatever reason, I haven't watched that many of them. Yeah, I think they can be hard to like discover, and it's mm-hmm. hard to find the good ones. Mo- because... I mean, like especially in modern filmmaking, right? Yeah, like, you can't. There's it's never... rare. Yeah, they don't come out that often. I mean, No Country for Old Men was probably the biggest recent one which is one of my favorite movies cool yeah (laughs) and i would say before and this is where we get into this conversation before the revenant which i think is the best modern modern western i don't think the revenants are western explain why i don't know i i guess just because it takes place in the west which is stupid because i know i kind of just was like django's a western but but, it takes place in the south yeah it also yeah it takes place in the south that's true (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I feel like it's it's more just a revenge tale. Like, it's a revenge movie that just happens to take place in the West, right? Com- compared to, like... I mean, like, even, like, m- mediocre modern ones, like, oh, what's like, uh, 310 to Yuma, I think, mm-hmm. was, like, a fine mm-hmm. movie. It was all right. Um, I think that that is, like, a Western. It, that's what it wanted to be. It just wanted to be a modern Western, and it has those themes. And, like, there's revenge in Westerns a lot of the time, but for whatever reason, I just didn't get the feeling. And I, I almost, I don't really know what it is. I don't know if I could, maybe through talking about it, we can find it. But I, right now, I have no idea what, why a movie feels like a Western compared to so, what it does. So how about this, Phil? Why don't, what, are, what are your criteria for a Western? Like, what are the defining characteristics of a Western film? So number one is the interplay and the, the relationship between human and nature. I think that is the number one necessity for Westerns. And I think that's what shows in The Revenant so strongly. Um, like specifically, I would agree with that. I and we've mm-hmm. we've gotten into the the Revenant before, right? Which I don't like as a movie, and we'll talk about that in a minute too. Which, but I totally agree that yeah. And I I think that that is number one in Westerns for me. That's the most important element, and I would say most of the other genre like tropes or like. I don't know. How would I put that? I think most of the other things kind of come secondary to okay. to that relationship. Um, however, I would say also the pacing is really important mm-hmm. and the like use of very wide shots to make the person look small in a big environment. Okay. Yeah. That's true. I would also say, and although I don't, I can't, at this point, I can't really think of a counterexample, but I'm going to throw this out there. I think there's also an element of like um, romantic individualism. Yeah. You know, like like yeah. there's something about the 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 single unit, the solitary figure, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that person or, or is good like or ma- bad maybe or two. It's like a small. I would say because like True Grit, there's like two and and you know. But even True well, Grit, I guess I think it's just a, the guy, but, but, really. but I, in, or in, her. Or, or her, yeah. Yeah, and I guess I say romantic individual because it's like it's like a person pers- you know with this relentless pursuit of something, whether that's 
making a name for themselves, whether that's playing both sides and trying to uh, earn money, whether that's trying to, um, you know, get revenge or whatever. It's just like someone in pursuit of resource that is scarce because you have this huge environment that's wide open um, and you encounter other people on the road or you encounter other people in towns and you, it's like a distrust everyone. Most uh, of the time, there was another one actually that I just remembered. This is this might actually be my fa- favorite western. I, I like I don't know I, I don't think of it as one, but I also do is Hell or High Water. Yeah, I was gonna mention that too as one that at least has gotten critical acclaim. I love that movie. Recently. I think that movie is a fantastic. Did you see that one, Phil? It's, I did not. It's really good. And I, so cool. The interplay between man and nature in that movie is less so than I think other westerns because it's a it takes place like in modern times mm-hmm, it takes mm-hmm. place in Texas like after the financial crisis yep. um, and I think that's like a really interesting theme to explore um, I, I guess there is like interplay with nature at some points but it, I guess it's more their environment as a whole right like this kind of post 2008 crash 2009 crash yeah well yeah but that could be any i mean to the points that were made earlier it could sort of be anything but i think that like nature is a is a character in the sense that it's big yeah. right and it's vast and there's yeah i'm trying to think of like a real closed space western and like i just don't think you would get that like yeah. like, like what's a western that takes place completely indoors that would be the hateful eight and that's why i oh. don't like it very much Okay. Because the only parts of that movie I enjoyed was like the intro, where it's that giant, beautiful seventy millimeter shot. That's yeah. the only part I liked, where it's like this huge shot of the mountains, and it oh, looks like oh. an old. I did like that. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like the first scene, which is just them in the carriage. Yeah, and that's just kind of boring. It's and twenty five minutes or something like that. It's close quarters. It's all like Quentin Tarantino dialogue, which is yeah. whatever. And then the rest of it takes place in a shack. And so the idea was, I think he was trying to subvert that idea, like that, like, oh, a Western can take place just in people's heads and what they're saying to each other. But it just didn't work for me. I agree. Yeah. It it mm. didn't work for me either. Yeah. And so that's, I I think that bolsters your point that it needs to take place in a big space. The two best parts of that movie are like the very beginning shot where it is showing like those wide open spaces. And then the snow scene when they're like fighting, when they're going to the... To the to the barn, and they have to yeah. like use the ropes, and like it's just crazy snow. Those yep. are the two best scenes. Yeah, mm. and the and, rest of the it nature is parts. Kind of, yeah, and the best parts of Django, I think, are like when they're out, like when they're the gunfight in the field. The in the field um, was amazing, and then like all the traveling with the dentist assassin mm-hmm. <laughs> are like really good scenes. I love like in every western. I feel like that takes place like an older like. In the past, like there's there's a scene where they're sitting around a campfire at night, like in like some sort of valley, and I just it, I love that. It always it just it I don't know what it is, but it it pulls something from like deep within me that's like this would be so cool to do, and like obviously I don't actually want to do like be on the run or like be like a a cowboy, but yeah, and I think that speaks to the romantic individualism. Yeah, like yeah. it's very very romantic. Yeah. Which, and I think I think that's also like what people get out of it. You know, some people, anyways, they watch it for that reason to kind of transport them back and to kind of it reinforces that idea of like you can make anything out of your life, right? But mm-hmm. it's gonna, you know, like the whole world's out against you, and like you got to be this kind of like badass, yeah. you know, to do it. Definitely, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting too because like there are a lot of like politics wrapped up in. <laughs> Yeah. Westerns there can too. be for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even from like classic, you know, what uh, John Ford westerns, you know, like uh, yeah. Stagecoach and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But then you had like spaghetti westerns that came along, and then you had the uh, you know the Clint Eastwood character in the Man with No Name trilogy, which is like yeah. sort of ambiguous, kind yeah, of played both anti-hero sides, anti-hero kind of thing. Exactly, and of course those movies were based off of the um, uh, Akira Kurosawa films, mm-hmm. uh, Yojimbo, Sanjuro, right? Uh, those are old samurai films. Yeah. Um, so and then. Well, well and, and that's what's interesting too, and we can—I mean, I don't want to go too into the weeds, but like samurai films, I feel like, and like uh, kung fu films have a lot in common with western movies, actually. Oh, absolutely. Well, and actually, lots of westerns were direct, like rip-offs or like reinterpretations mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, the samurai films, like yeah. the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Uh, was Seven Samurai, and they just yeah. didn't they just redo another yeah. Magnificent Seven? They, they did. I feel like they did. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I know they did a comedy called The Ridiculous Six with a. Uh, with Adam oh, Sandler. Adam Sandler. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure it's terrible. That, The Hateful Eight, and then The New Magnificent Seven all came out within like a year period. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and man. yeah, um, I, I think what's interesting about Westerns too is they're kind of, I feel like with every genre of movie, like I, I think it's relatively simple to define it. But Westerns, just for whatever reason, just totally elude me in like why it's a Western. And like I can tell you it's a Western or not, but like why it is, I don't know. And I like what you're saying about nature versus like man, but for whatever reason, I, the Revenant still doesn't grab me as a Western. I don't know why. Ben, do you? What do you think? Do you, does like, do you think it's a Western? I guess I never really considered a, it a Western, but um, it does have kind of all the hallmarks of a Western, yeah. doesn't it? And I that's mean, why it's weird. To romantic me. individual set in the West, <laughs> right? It's gun, gun, gun play. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, man versus nature. Um, Horse riding. Horse riding. Uh, horse riding is popular in Western. Bear attacks. Yeah. And bears I, are less so popular. I would I would say I would point to the one I think this is probably one of the more famous scenes apart from the bear attack in The Revenant um, is the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is laying on his side and about to die and is like breathing his last breath and the camera lens is fogging up mm. and then it's an immediate cut to the like clouds and fog rolling over the hill. And I think that that was like the moment where I realized like this is a Western and also I love this movie. And (laughs) it was because that like interplay of like this man breathing towards the camera and then the world breathing towards the camera just cut that hard back to back. It was like person, nature, that's it. There it is. It's just just that the kind of the line is blurred, huh? Yeah, exactly. With, With the cinematography. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, obviously on purpose. Like, yeah. I think they're playing on like a, a Western trope in such a beautiful and interesting way. Well, and I won't deny that I think that the Revenant has some great cinematography and some good moments. But I, I, for whatever reason, I think that for me, I know it's based off of a true story and everything, but it's just it's so unbelievable for me. It just completely takes me out of it. I don't mind. And this is again, I mean, we talked about this last time. I got a little bit worked up about the Revenant, yeah. but uh, I. It has the same problems as Gravity for me, which I also don't think is a very good movie, um, where it's like there's this crazy, unbelievable thing that happens to this person that's like horrible. And it's generally like some sort of like natural thing, right? Like a bear attack or like they fall down a cliff or mm-hmm. they get struck by lightning or something, right? And like one or two things in a movie is fine. But when the whole movie is just like one building on another building on another, it just stop, stops becoming realistic for me to the point where it's just cartoonish. It's kind of like Mr. It's like the reverse Mr. Magoo, where Mr. Magoo like walks through everything, and it's funny because he's always avoiding like 
you know, falling off of a building or getting struck by lightning or getting hit by a car. And in this, like, they walk into every single thing. They get struck by lightning. They get hit by the car. They walk off the building. And after a while, you're like, they should be dead. And I don't really... And just watching this person get tortured at this point, and I don't really feel... Like, I felt their pain at first, and now I just feel like I'm watching them suffering, and it's not really grabbing me. Sounds like someone doubts the... uh the uh, tenacity of the human spirit. Yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I'm a cynic, I, I, but it's true. I, I think maybe I do do doubt the tenacity, but I, I don't know. Like Joey just gives up. Like, no, no, I've got a paper cut. I need to give up. A bear is just going to bust down the door and eat me. And well, a bear leave. attack's the same as a paper cut. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I, the bear attack and him surviving is fine. Like, that's crazy. But then... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You weren't fine with that before. Because okay, I think that's you know I okay I don't want to do this again, but but <laughs> we're on air, so why not? Because I think the whole purpose of the original argument about the revenant was because you were like he survives a bear attack not, that wouldn't happen. But not only does he survive a bear attack, he also survives falling to the river. He also survives getting attacked by Native Americans. He also survives all of this other ridiculous stuff. And like surviving one of them, I'll like let go. But surviving ten of them, I can't. Okay. So that's right, that's yeah. my problem with the movie, and I don't think it has anything to do, and maybe maybe because I was so taken out of it because of like this constant like just guy getting tortured by nature that I never really thought of it as a western, um, but like I, I won't deny that the movie is gorgeous. Like it, it's a very if if, I, if there was no audio and it was just kind of on in the background, I'd look at it and be like, this is a nice looking movie. Look at the blood coming out of that guy's throat. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's that's my that's All my right. on the western. I'm sorry, Phil, I didn't mean to. Yeah, no, I think that actually brings up an interesting point of realism in westerns. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, the entire it's mostly built off of this Hollywood version of the West that really wasn't true in the first place. And we can end. Yeah. Um, the reason that and this is really interesting. This is kind of this tidbit that I learned. The 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 view of the West came from these dime novels, um, which were like, you know, handed out when, when people were moving West. And a, But a lot of those dime novels were based off of a town here in Nevada, actually, called, um, Phil, we were talking about it the other week. Do you remember what it's called? I don't. I'll look it up while we're talking about it. But there was this town in Nevada, and it, the train to San Francisco went through it. Oh, you told me about this. And yeah, I can't remember the name of the town It's either. really interesting. I'll look it up when you guys start talking about something else. Mm-hmm. But, like, basically... This town befriended the natives in the area, and also, like, they were just kind of bored, and, like, I think they just kind of had this kind of, we're out in the middle of nowhere, let's mess with people. So, And when the train would go through, they would have shootouts in the street, like, fake staged shootouts, or, like, fake staged train robberies, or the town would get would get ransacked by Native Americans, and, like, none of this actually happened. It was all staged and was for fun. It was just to mess with the people going to San Francisco. And then this view of the West kind of evolved from this small town in Nevada, which, like, no one knows about anymore. Hmm. And then, like, that turned into dime novels, which then turned into, like, this myth of the West, which once it went out east, everyone was like, oh, my God, like, not only is there, like, gold in the hills, now there's, like, these crazy, like, vigilantes and all this stuff. And Nevada is, like, the quintessential Western state, in my opinion. Um, And I think that this is a really, really interesting thing because... The stuff that happens in Westerns never really happened. Like, almost, there was never shootouts in the street. There was never, like, the lone ranger that walked into town. I mean, they operated just as, like, smaller versions of Eastern towns for the most part, um, with some vigilante justice here and there. But there was just this 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 one town defined a genre. I think that that's really interesting. I know I went on a total diatribe there. I'm sorry. I, well, I just like the idea of, like... <laughs> 
you know, people just messing with like tourists. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that happens like pretty much universally worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Palisade, like, Nevada. Palisade. Yeah. It's near Elko. Yes. P A L I S A D E. Yeah. Yeah. Palisade, Nevada. Really yeah. And so I think that that's like this really interesting idea from like a film perspective where it was based on these like tall tales, these like stories of the West. And so, I mean, people talk about this pretty frequently, like the cowboy era lasted about 10 years, you know, it was like Hmm. 1880 to 1890 and then barbed wire went up and closed everything. (laughs) Um, And there were like some things like that going on during like mining years. Um, And then after the barbed wire went up, there was, there was an open range, but there was still a lot like towns looked like that. Like if you go to Bodie, Nevada or Bodie, California, it looks like that. Um, but yeah, it's based on a like romantic ideal of the West. Even the like the old um, like Gene Autry and that kind of like yeah. cowboy singers like that that was invented in California. They're like <laughs> jazz songs with a cowboy hat, you know, yeah. and they're yeah. beautiful and they're cool and there's yodeling, and it's not what cowboys sang or what they looked like or really what they did even and i guess like the more i'm talking about this the more i'm realizing that like everything that like is western culture like to its core like the people that like live here and like wear cowboy boots and cowboy hats but go to unr and are not actual farmers like it's all kind of based on a facade which is kind of hilarious well i would say i would actually refute that because like cowboy boots cowboy hats are all like that garb is real and has always yes, been real. Yeah, yeah. You know, but and like, I think that like what's at the heart of them, like what they think they're wearing it for, is kind of not true. I don't know. I would disagree with that um, because even though like this like romanticized version of the West, like the shootouts and train robberies and things like that, I mean there were like at least there were train robberies. And I mean there th- were like things, things like that. Yes, but I would say like those like. Those romantic, like romanticized versions of those things, were based on truth, though, and they were based on you know like actual cowboys and ranchers and farmers and people that were facing you know like really rugged conditions. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that it isn't like I would refute that and say it isn't based on a lie. Even like contemporary Western culture is based on truth. There is just like these very romantic versions of it that sort of split off and then eventually informed that culture as well. I think you're right. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Cuz yeah. you're right. Like those like people did get raided by Native Americans and and there were shootouts in the streets, I'm sure. It wasn't maybe as romantic as we think about it, but I feel like you're right, those have influenced it now, but that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It was maybe a little bit of a tall tale, which also is totally part of Western culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is also just kind of a general uh, process that like media goes through in terms of just whatever mediated culture, it sort of circles back on itself and it be- mm-hmm. can become exaggerated. It's and a like, parody of it. It becomes parodies of itself. Yeah, and then but then people take that and they say, well, that there's something real in that, right? Even if it's like exaggerated or whatever, you try and find the kernel of whatever it is, but it just kind of reinforces and it becomes dangerous then when you get into like gross misrepresentations of like entire peoples yeah. and Cultures populations. And exactly. And, yeah. I, yeah. I think that the the what you're saying though those exaggerations are sometimes not all the time but sometimes they're good because then it, it points to something that maybe we wouldn't notice otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. If done well, we have to we should qualify what we're talking about. Not always yeah. like like there are definitely yep. things that aren't good yep. like like stereotyping like peoples exactly. and like you know misrepresenting cultures are totally not good. But it also shows like this is what 
like a lot of people that aren't part of that culture may view it as, and that's not necessarily right. Which we should probably say too, because we've also been, I think, I think at least uh, Phil and I are also fans of Westerns. That's not to like, like forgive <laughs> some of like all of the, yeah. the horrible stuff that Absolutely. also is wrapped up in like mm-hmm. w- the genre of Westerns yep. as yep. well too. And specifically like, like you mentioned, like just native misrepresentation of yeah, yeah. natives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. like number one. I think I actually, so I listened to a podcast called Cowboy Crossroads, um, which is made by a, like a cowboy poet from somewhere in Texas, Lubbock, Texas. And he's like, um, in the Elko cowboy poetry scene. Um, and he brought up in this episode, I forget which episode it was, but he brought up the fact that. Um, at least half, if not two thirds of cowboys in that cowboy period were non-white as well. That yeah. it was like largely native people and largely black and Hispanic people. Cause I mean, this mm-hmm. was like, or like Latino people. Cause this was Mexico, yeah. you know, right before well, that. Period. And like, if people didn't, I mean, like you could live a comfortable life in the East, like in New York or whatever during like the industrial revolution. Or if you like needed somewhere to go, you could, you know, try your hand at mining or becoming a rancher out here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like it wasn't necessarily people's choice <laughs> to yeah. come and be a cowboy, live on the fringes. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, I also want to just circle back because Phil just mentioned this, and I just it occurred to me that the cowboy poetry scene in in yeah. in, in, in Elko might not translate for everyone. So we just want to explain what that's the, fair because there is this like very uh, highly regarded cowboy poetry festival that takes place every year. In Elko, Nevada. Yeah. And do you have anything else to there's, say? There's about... there's yeah. one in Reno too. They're all over the state. Yeah. Yeah. The one the big one is in Elko though. Yeah. That's yeah. like yes. the international. That's like one. the heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so cowboy poetry is like contemporary Western culture that um is frequently it's very frequently working cowboys or working ranchers um who also write and recite poetry. And that is its all like whole own genre of literature and music and art. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like yeah, contemporary art based on folk traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I really like about cowboy poetry, actually, and um, I will also say that I hate country music. <laughs> so like, there's that. But and I feel like cowboy poetry is the country music of poetry. But I also like cowboy poetry. And I think what's interesting about it is that there's really this this kind of um, this view in Western culture, like in, not necessarily in Western culture, but like in Western style media, we have like this machismo, right? It's very like male dominant. It's very, it's, there's this, this, this kind of this, uh, therein lies the other problem, by the way, with Westerns. Yes. Like, yeah. Women getting like smacked around by like yeah, the romantic sure. rugged individual man or exactly. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, I mean like it's, I don't think it's like a healthy view of masculinity at all, mm. but what I like about cowboy poetry is like a lot of times people don't necessarily associate poetry with masculinity. It's usually the opposite, actually. And I love this kind of clashing of the two, this kind of this Western and this and, and this beautiful prose coming together in a, in a way that kind of subverts the, like the general like idea of what is the West. Yeah. And I would actually I would recommend that podcast for kind of like backgrounds into that exact divide um, because that divide is sort of what made cowboy poetry famous in the what, first place. What's that podcast called? Um, cowboy Crossroads by cowboy Andy Cross. Hedges. Okay. Um, and he had a guest on that was kind of talking about the early days in the 80s when it was starting to kind of blow up. And basically these like agents for like national TV shows were like, wait, cowboys 
head of like they write poetry no that's that can't happen <laughs> that's like not like, a that's ridiculous thing. yeah and so that's what made it like famous and that's what made it kind of blow up and you know start showing up in like all of these new states and new new areas mm. was that people had that same exact reaction like oh cowboys don't speak poetry mm. they like spit and fart yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. cowboys can't find beauty in anything yeah. <laughs> much less write about it <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah and i think i think that I think cowboy poetry does sort of speak to all of the parts I do like about Westerns. Like at its best, it kind of subverts a lot of those early 1950s Westerns where it is, you know, like smacking women around and like killing whoever and whatever is in the way Mm -hmm. Um, and sort of like subverts that and is like, this is more about nature and more about these like huge open spaces and like people having, having to be humble within them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the importance of like respecting your surroundings. Exactly. And I think that's a, that's an interesting interplay in that whole genre is that like there is a rugged individuality, but at the same time, that individuality is constantly barrage, like just completely worn down with a barrage of exterior forces that are unsurmountable. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the interesting, as you mentioned earlier, one of the interesting like uh, dynamics that plays out in Westerns, like these beautiful like long shots of just like big sweeping landscapes or or anything else and then just like that kind of serenity is cut by an approaching train or yeah. or something else and then it's like you get sucked into this kind of uh, this conflict or whatever, which is actually one of the interesting, you know, tensions that exists in, in Western movies that I, I also appreciate. Yeah, um, me too. I would actually, so um, kind of changing gears here a little bit, I would point to another movie that speaks to that like wide shot um, mm-hmm. like trope in Westerns, um, which is a movie I recommended to you yesterday called yes. Meek's Cutoff. Which I didn't oh, get a chance to watch. Yeah. And it's on <laughs> Netflix, and it's really, I really enjoyed it. It's by Kelly Reichart, which has done a handful of like really critically acclaimed smaller kind of indie movies. And this one is shot on this old film style that is like almost square. Um, okay. So it's very tight. And that is weird for Westerns because usually they're like that super wide landscape. Mm -hmm. And so it opens and it's like the square and you see this like wagon train trying to get across a river and you can't see the beautiful surroundings. Like you're stuck with these people Mm. in this river struggling with it. And then the whole rest of the movie is exactly that. Like instead of like showing what's around them it decides not to and that creates this insane sense of dread the whole time Hmm. because it's just like suffocating they're in this they're totally alone and isolated but they're still suffocated by something you can't see Hmm. this is okay so i just looked it up and i actually i think i have i've never watched this movie but i think i've definitely watched the trailers and some reviews of this movie it's paul dano's in it I don't know who Paul Dano is. I think is. so, yeah. Paul Dano He's is... He's also in um, There Will Be Blood. Yes. And he is in, in Little oh, Miss Sunshine. Okay. He's the brother in Little Miss brother, Sunshine. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't put a face to him. There, there Will Be Blood. Swiss... He's like the preacher. Yeah, uh, he is. Guy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's so also good. in Swiss Army Man, which is yeah. so good. really Okay, un- yep. I know this guy now. Swiss Army yep. Man's yep. a pretty big letdown, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> not a Western hmm. at all. I love that movie, but 
That's all we'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that movie was a big letdown. It was just one fart joke. But, um, but there will be blood. There will be blood, though. Uh, no fart jokes. So I yeah, didn't a like milkshake it at all. joke though. It's yeah. not really a joke. Farting in milkshakes? No. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there will be blood is a western I forgot about. Yeah, that's great. Definitely a western. Oh yeah. Definitely yep. driven by the music, which we talked about music uh, during the um, uh, uh, Mark Ribier. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, episode. Um, yeah. I, I, let's go back Sorry, to Meek's cutoff yeah. here for a second, though. So yeah, yeah. So I have actually, like I said, watched the trailer for this. He's like, he's the son, right? I don't remember. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look up what he does in that movie because okay. I don't, I can't see his face in that movie. He's so Thomas Gately. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna Google this while you keep talking. All right. But yeah. Um. So Meek's cutoff. I like the idea of like taking the typical like shots that are done in westerns and like for like you still get those shots but you're also forced into a different perspective with the square the yeah, square see, aspect ratio see and i think this is one of the interesting things that's going on now mm-hmm. like or like with more modern westerns like for example even before we went on the air we were talking about um uh this show godless which yeah. we, we have not seen i've not seen yet but it's on my list to watch and um so it takes that kind of like masculine rugged individual thing and says okay let's look at this town there's like a town and all the men are off like mining and they all die in a mining accident and so then the town is left to all the women who then have to like defend the town from like people get word of this and then people want to try to raid the town and uh so the the, the women have to defend this town from doing this and it seems like a really interesting premise and it seems like a pretty cool series but i haven't seen anything of it yet um, another movie that I wanted to bring up before we kind of wrap up and go into uh, mm-hmm. emergent culture is uh, No Country for Old Men, which we brought up a little bit, but we didn't really talk about it more than that. And like that is another contemporary Western, right? It takes mm-hmm. place mo- like a modern day, yeah. like two thousand and five or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it it has like that like the first shot when um when what's it, uh, Je- uh, not Jeff Bridges uh uh the the cop what's his name what, I forget what he's his Thanos name <laughs> he's in, in the new Avengers movie. Not a, also not a Western, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that actor, jo- Josh, Bro- Josh, Josh Brolin. Oh yeah, yeah Josh, yeah. Josh okay. Brolin. Like when he's like looking out on the, the on the the, the 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 like landscape, and you see like all everyone's like riding horses and everything, and then you have a Chigurh, like the yep. and he's like kind of this. He's really interesting because he's both a typical and not typical Western villain. Mm-hmm. He's like this big guy, menacing, doesn't have a lot to say, kind of just, in my opinion, just represents like the devil, just represents evil. He's just death incarnate, right? But he also is kind of weird and he's got like this funny haircut and he kind of, he uses like this non-conventional weapon and he's... Mm-hmm. It's a he, weapon used to execute cattle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And which is, and I think that that's like a great theme, but I, what makes that one a Western? And like, I don't know, I feel like contemporary Westerns are, they're easily identifiable, but it's hard for me to say like why this is a Western. Because yeah. like the that is a western that also takes place in smaller spaces sometimes. Sometimes oh, there's a lot of scenes. Yeah, I mean like the scene yeah. where he murders the people in the hotel room. The last scene in the movie where they're in the house and they're in that really small back room. The the scene where he's in the 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 um the gas station and he like flips the coin at the gas station. These are all like small confined spaces. And I feel like whenever Shigur is in a scene, it brings it to a much more localized, smaller scale. And then whenever Josh Brolin and Jeff Bridges are in a scene, uh, it's like this much larger scale. I think the... So 
to say that that it's like always wide and always outside mm-hmm. isn't true. I think most westerns play with the indoor versus outdoor yeah um, thing a lot, the same way they play with people versus nature. Um, and so I agree with you, mm-hmm. and I think that is something that sets apart modern westerns in a way. Like there's cars, and there are like it kind of gets rid of a lot of the you know like physics issues with. Oh, you couldn't get from this town to this town yeah. in this long. You know, <laughs> there are planes now. <laughs> yeah, or like cell phones, even like that yeah. they can like call and they can call ahead instead of writing three days where yeah. they have to camp out in like the scary woods to go give a message to somebody or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know what your question is, and I'm still talking. <laughs> it's okay. I, I would like to correct myself. I, I, I was saying Jeff Bridges, yeah. it's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was getting that mixed yeah. up because I was also thinking about True Grit. Which yep. is Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Josh Brolin are the, the two guys in yep. No Country for Old Men. But yeah, I, I think my question again is just like contemporary Westerns, they have the feeling of a Western, but like their their setting is different in my opinion. But they still totally have that like my gut is like, oh, this is a Western through and through. Yeah. Hey, and you guys want to see, a, if you want to see like a really subversive and wild Western, have you seen Duck You Sucker? No. No. <laughs> Oh man! So let's just put this up. So this is like uh, I believe it was like 1968 or whatever. Like so, wow. there's okay. all this like political tumult going on. This the I'll just tell you the the opening of the movie. And if this doesn't sell you, like whatever. A quote from Mao Zedong is uh-huh. put up on the screen. All right. And then the first shot is just ants crawling <laughs> on the ground. Okay. And then someone starts urinating on the ants. <laughs> Begin movie. I'm in, <laughs> definitely. Sure. In a similar vein, while we're recommending insane westerns, yeah. have you seen El Topo by no. Alejandro Jodorowsky? No. Um, yeah, that is similar. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I think it was. I think it is under the acid western subgenre. Oh, yeah. That's a subgenre. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Well, because what's the uh, there's the French one which was released under the English name Blueberry. Okay. I think, um, and I it goes that. on this like journey like out into a cave, you know, and ends up uh, hallucinating. Um, and it's a really interesting scene. Uh, that's a whole, that's like a whole episode. We could do a whole episode on just like either psychedelic movies or yep, stuff sure. that involves that because there's some crazy movies um, that play on those themes. Yeah. And I think because I, I think that there that those two genres have a lot of crossover because very psychedelic things I think would be happening in the West at those times, um, not just like actual psychedelics like people taking peyote and stuff, but yeah. mm-hmm. being alone in the desert for many 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 days is like the defining, you know psychedelic experience yeah and yeah. that was happening over and over in and fact, over again i do was, i do have a weird western recommendation as well all right yeah so go sorry that, go ahead uh it, it was like in the 60s mm-hmm. uh starring john as a john carradine john Carrad- carradine carradine john carradine it's david called, david carradine no john carradine okay I'm pretty sure he was in like a uh west uh not a, uh, uh anyway yeah. <laughs> um it's called billy the kid versus oh man Billy the Kid versus vampires, or Billy the Kid versus Count Dracula, or something. 
Okay. It's just like it's exactly what you think. It's not good. This is like what but was it's, the? It's ridiculous. It's I, I don't think it's in black and white. Well, there was <laughs> there were like a series of these, right? Well, then it's just like Cowboys versus Aliens. This was in out. the '60s. No, but that also just <laughs> came out, right? Oh, Cowboys versus Aliens came out like yeah, like yeah. In the last ten and years. like uh, there was another one too, and it was like a it was like a Frankenstein in, in as a western or yeah. something like that. I, uh-huh. I like I like this. Like, let's just take a cowboy and put him somewhere else. Yeah. That's interesting, yeah, because you, the way you started the whole conversation um, to bring this full circle is that, um, I mean, you, you just pointed out that Western is like a type of genre flick. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to me, like, since it is based, like, on realism to some degree, that a cowboy and an alien are just kind of like, oh, yeah, mythical creature guy. Like, yeah, cowboys this, are yeah. mythical creatures, yeah. aren't they? Which yeah. is interesting because I don't know, I mean... Not really, like kind of, and I don't think they inhabit, they clearly don't inhabit the same space as like aliens because like I do have a uncle that's an actual cowboy. Yeah, but I exactly. don't have a like uncle that's an actual alien or Dracula. As far as you know, as far as you know, that's true. I only I... have one uncle. <laughs> so, as far as you know, okay. <laughs> um, there was. I used to work uh, in retail, and one time this like actual like cowboy came into like I worked in like a very fancy store, and like this dude came in like with straight up like a six shooter and spurs and like a cowboy hat, and I was uh-huh. like, what? Well, well, first I was like. Are we allowed to have guns in here? But then, but then second, I was like, ah, whatever. He's not going to shoot me. <laughs> but I like, he shook my hand after he bought like a $60 bottle of olive oil. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember I was like, am I just grabbing like a football? Like this dude just like has the hand, like leather. It's just mm-hmm. like, but it was weird. Like the, it stood out to me, even in Reno, Nevada, like a place where like you would expect to see kind of cowboys more and more. Like they, st- like when you see like a cowboy through and through like this and like not someone who's dressed like a cowboy, but like this dude, yeah. what, like rugged dude. The masculinity, you were sort of taken yeah. aback by the, by the masculinity. Ready. It's like, whoa. My, hey. my feeble college. <laughs> <laughs> I reached out to him with my feeble college educated hands. Yeah, yeah, but um, it was just, it was it was kind of weird. It was like seeing like a unicorn or something. I was like, oh, what is this? Like, yeah. And they, I guess I grew do... up in Gardnerville, so mm, this that's is true. much less of a... Uh, like mythical creature for me. Gardnerville, well. for those who don't know, is south of Reno, like an hour and a half. An hour. An hour. Oh, yep. And it's 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 like the West. Yeah, way, it's on the edge of like Lake Tahoe culture, but then it's also on the edge of the rest of Nevada. Yeah, like, like those small towns. In Nevada, exactly. So. Yeah. So. Well, I think we're gonna hop into some uh, emergent culture. We're Let's gonna do watch it. a trailer for an upcoming Western movie, and we'll be right back. Right, and we are back. So we just watched a trailer for an upcoming Western. Uh, it's a Lionsgate film called Gone Are the Days. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think the whole thing is he's old. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It, it doesn't really stereotypical. Yeah. And so from whatever we can tell from the trailer, it just seems like the like Phil said, like the the angle is that there's this aging gentleman who yeah. sort of like comes out of retirement. Maybe it's like a Dark Knight Returns for the West, yeah. something like that. Maybe yeah. like a once proud cowboy has to come out of retirement and set some kids straight. That's kind of the vibe. Yeah, <laughs> I was not. Uh, I was not really sold. Yeah, Don- sold Danny either. Trejo looked all right. Well, yeah, j- yeah. So we should say uh, what Tom Berenger yeah, is in and there. Lance, Danny Trejo. The main guy is Lance Henriksen. Yeah, Lance Henriksen. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. I think just after our discussion of like some really good and interesting westerns, like watching a trailer like that was a little bit of a letdown. I would say at least from the trailer. And I think that's actually that's what a lot of people imagine when they think of westerns. Yeah, that is exactly. I think like that's also what Hollywood's like. This is what the people want. Yeah. Yeah, no. and they just sort of miss all of the parts of Westerns that are actually interesting. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember when we brought this up, this like theme idea up, you said, um, yeah, well, it's just kind of like a subset of action genre. And that was something <laughs> where I was like, ooh, ouch. That's <laughs> like being like, you know, like just kind of slapping this thing where it's well, yeah, like. Yeah, I, I think some people think of it that way. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what this movie does is yeah. like this trailer anyway, is it yeah. just sort of like, it's like, oh yeah, this might as well be a Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie with, <laughs> with cowboy hats, yeah. you know? And like people would eat that up and watch it, but it's just like, it doesn't do anything for the genre. It just kind of uses the genre to get whatever. Yeah. Well, and I think we could just probably, on that note, say that the best Western ever was Wild Wild West starring Will Smith. I was going to bring that up. I saw that recently. <laughs> I rewatched it. <laughs> Not that bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a giant, man, giant, giant mechanical, mechanical spider. spider. It's like yep. pretty That's cool. Right. That's right. Um, Will Smith is charming. Um, he, when is he not? Let's be yeah, honest. Uh, like, it's, it was, I went into it expecting like. What about Back to the Future 2, for that matter? Two, three? Three. Three, three. three. I never saw that one. It's fine. Three was three was the weakest one. Yeah. Well, yeah. By a, like a country mile. They're all yeah. special though. <laughs> they are. Okay, back to the future episode. <laughs> Put right. it on the board. All right. Um, but you had a you had a story you wanted to tell us really quick before we. Yeah. Okay. So just because you had the story of the one time you ran into a real cowboy. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I've run into cowboys more than one time. Okay. Like half of my family is like from Mexico, and they're like straight up cowboys. Totally. Okay. So, basically, just going on that then. Um, <laughs> I had a show in Elko with my band, with People With Bodies. Hey. Um, and we usually play at this like wine bar there that's right on the main drag. They let us stay there. It's like a super nice deal. Except they like give us like drinks and we stay there. So it's very dangerous and everybody in the band gets way too drunk. And because yeah. you get to sleep there, you don't even have to like take the drums down. Yeah. It's like that dangerous. <laughs> um, and so uh, we closed down the bar and as we were leaving to go to like the next bar, these like the most impo- like imposing cowboys I've ever seen who were like still younger than me, like, but six foot seven, probably yeah. two of them were that tall. And then one guy was my height, which is very short. That's really funny. And they were walking like tall guys on the side, short guy in the middle. That's great. And they had like the buckaroo caps, which are even more like <laughs> classic cowboy, the super wide oh, brims yeah. and like dressed to the nines, cowboy boots, everything. kinda bolo ties. I think sure. they were out for the weekend, so they were kind of oh, like, you know, okay. they were like going Letting loose, loose kind of thing. Letting yeah. loose. Yeah. And they kind of like walk up looking real imposing, walk into the bar that just closed, and it looked like the guy was kind of harassing the bartender, and we are like, ooh, like she was really nice to us. This is kind of a weird scene. His friends are kind of standing out looking all tough outside, and he comes out, and he just kind of like gives them a look, 
and they look at us and this girl that I was hanging out with at the venue, she was like, do you guys want to come with us? We're going to the Silver Dollar. And they just kind of like nod their head. Oh, And they like join our crew. And so it's our band. Um, These two twin, (laughs) like these two twins from Elko um, and then these cowboys. And so we get to the Silver Dollar. It's also there was a giant fight and there's cops everywhere because that's what happens in Elko. There's a fist fight. And they're like, okay, well, let's go to the Tiki Bar. So (laughs) our our whole crew, like punk band, Elko twins, cowboy crew, like are now moving as one crew. Go to the Tiki Bar. Um, They decide to stay open because there are like eight of us now. Mm. And we sit there and we, we... continue to get very drunk and at one point one of the twins is talking to her sister saying like oh we got to go it's two in the morning we have church at seven (laughs) and her sister keeps talking to me she's like i don't want to go to church i don't don't like church and her sister is like a very religious person being like you you know god's gonna be mad if you don't go to church and one of the cowboy dudes just like out of nowhere like slides in on his bar stool and like tips his hat or his head down with his hat over his eyes and just goes, nah, I ain't much of a church going man. And just puts his hat up just a little bit, like right out of a movie. And it was like dead silent for like two seconds. And then everybody just cracked up because <laughs> it was perfect. And were they all right? Were the Cowboys all right? Or yeah, they-, they turned out to be awesome. We hung out <laughs> okay. all night and they were super nice people. Okay. Except for one of the tall guys was blackout drunk and he disappeared and the only time we saw him was when we were walking back to the hotel and there were like a pair of legs hanging out of some random pickup truck. And he just climbed into the back of some guy's pickup truck and decided that's where he was sleeping. All right. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's a fantastic so that, story. That one liner I see in a Western movie at some point. Yeah, I'm not much future. of a church going, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Solid. Sweet. Uh, what else? I don't know. I guess, um, yeah. Uh, I just want to say Red Dead Redemption is a great video game. Oh, yeah. We could have watched the trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. We should have done that. Oh, because that would be that. like much better than what we watched. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. And I'm really excited for Red Dead Redemption 2. If you like video yeah. games, it I think it encapsulates a Western really well. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. He, he'll, here's one more thing, too. Like the assassination of... Jesse, Jesse James, James by the coward Robert Ford, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, really good, but it's like a very different western, also because it's like really just like psychological. Mm-hmm. Like huh. uh, there's not a lot of violence. It's just like really kind of atmospheric and stuff. Yeah. Also, an amazing soundtrack by uh, Warren Ellis and Nick Cave. Cool. By the way, very cool. All right. Well, on that note, I just had to get that last one in there. Yeah, plenty well, more we could talk about, but uh, yeah. We'll figure out recommendations later, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, we're a bit ahead at this point, so we'll just come back and... We're, we're really out of order in our yeah. recording schedule, so uh, we apologize, but there won't be a recommendation this week. But yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll, well, we'll put some stuff on the Facebook. You know what I think we've done? I think that we've provided a lot of really good Westerns for those that we discussed that you have not seen. We recommend them all, unless we specifically said they're bad. Yeah. And yep. then, uh, you know, we've kind of passed around recommendations to one another, like Phil gave some, Joey gave one, and that kind of stuff, too, so... Um, Get out there and watch those. There are, yeah, that's the recommendations for everybody. Yeah. Well, hey, Phil, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, it's uh, been great. If you uh, if you want to find us on you know the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Residual Culture, you can also email us uh, Residual Culture at podcast. Residual Culture Podcast at gmail.com. The mm-hmm. music in today's episode is by Phil. 
What's, yep. what's the song? Phil's band. Uh, Finder by People With Bodies. All right. Hey, also listen to Van Sounds by Phil. Yeah, uh, you can find that also in all the same places. Twitter, but mainly on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, so same here. Subscribe. Give us a give us a rating, and yeah. we'll link we'll link to Phil's yeah. uh, podcast too to get people on that one. Vice, as well. vice versa. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, I've been Joey Lovato, and I'm Ben Birkenbein. Thank you for listening. Get into it. Also, Van Sounds is the 16th most popular travel podcast in Namibia.